Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I am Guy Lewis and we're joined today by Deborah Goodall from Air 8 Marketing. Hi Deborah, how are you? I'm good, thanks Guy. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So what business hurdle have you been mulling over this week? Well, this last week I have been thinking about different business legal structures and which ones may best suit your needs. Are there different types of business legal structures? Yeah, there's lots of options to consider um, and quite often it depends on the type of business that you're in. So some are sort of natural or easy decisions to make. Mm -hmm. So um, a a one-man band might sort of naturally gravitate towards being a sole trader, whereas an engineering business might more naturally choose to be a limited company. Um, So... You know, so there are, but there are things that influence that decision. You have to sort of have at the back of your mind that once you've made your decision, you're not stuck with it, though. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of move from one to the other with a little bit of paperwork. Okay, so so what are the options? Well, the main choices are to be a sole trader, so which you know is also mm-hmm. often called being self-employed, mm-hmm. um, being a business partnership, uh, or a limited company, and then you might also consider social enterprise depending on the type of business that you're in but we'll, I think we're going to cover that yeah later yeah on. so yeah. when you say depending so what what's likely to dictate which one of these you choose well yeah so choice is often made um based on the amount of paperwork <laughs> that you need to fill in to be if I'm honest you know to get started um or you might be influenced by the amount of taxes that you'll need to pay or how you can take profit out of the business mm-hmm or what you have to do if you make a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally that it's a really good idea to speak with an accountant when making a decision about what sort of business type you mm-hmm. want to set up because they will give you the up-to-date advice and be able to help you understand actually what the impact is um, of taking profit out of your business or or whether you are a business that is likely to make a loss. You, mm-hmm. might, you might be a business that is projecting to make a loss for the first three years. Um, or, you know, they might just talk you through the different tax options that you've mm-hmm. got. Okay. Okay. So, so where do we start? Well... So with our conversation, I think we should just start straight away with sole traders because this is where most businesses start. So Mm -hmm. um, most people sort of refer to themselves as being Um, self-employed. Technically, that refers to the way that you work rather than the business structure that you have. So the Mm -hmm. business structure would be sole trader. Mm -hmm. So so that means that you are the sole owner of the business um, and often but not always the sole person in the business. So you can have staff as a sole trader, you can employ people but quite often you find that sole traders are, is sort of a one person mm-hmm. business um the key thing with it with being a sole trader is that there's no differentiation between you as an individual and the business itself so um quite often sole traders are smaller businesses such as uh, sort of freelance writers or hairdressers or plumbers or you know I was I was um, a sole trader for a number of years as a marketing consultant and so you all sort of work for yourself but mm-hmm. in terms of business entity there's no differentiation between you as the individual mm-hmm. and you as the business okay so are there any sort of taxation points for sole traders yeah, as a as a sort of um, sole trader, self-employed person, you'll need to notify HMRC within three months of setting up uh, so that they can then um, 
uh, know that you, you've gone self-employed. Um, and then you'll be responsible for completing a self-assessment tax return mm-hmm. and for paying your national insurance contributions and for any income tax on what you make. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can handle the um, self-assessment and calculation of your national insurance and taxes Um yourself or you can pass it over to an accountant um my preference always use an accountant (laughs) Um, and it you know and it also depending on the size of your business you know you might need to register for vat but again you know your accountant will advise you on that Okay. Okay. Uh, and what about things like the company debt and stuff? Is that is that different? When yeah. You're... So this this is what this is what I was saying. You know, there's okay. no differentiation between you and ah. uh, sort of your business entity, if you like. So so you're personally liable for any debts that you might run up as a sole trader. Um, so so that is quite important to mm-hmm. consider, especially if you are a business that you know potentially won't make money for a while or has a um, a lot of uh, investment to make up front, mm-hmm. you're personally responsible for all of that debt. Okay. Um, you could, uh, as a um, uh, as a sole trader, you could run a franchise mm-hmm. as a sole trader. So you buy the name or assets to help you set up your business um, and you buy sort of the recognition value of the name. So things like Action mm-hmm. Coach and mm-hmm. Burger King. And so, so the startup costs can be quite high um, but and then usually there's kind of a, a minimum income target with a percentage being paid to the franchisor mm-hmm. monthly. Um, but there's there's lots of information on franchising on the Business Franchise Association website. Um, and so if you are considering going down that route, then you know have a look at that website and and really consider what the benefit is of being associated with the brand. Um, and consider that against the, this percentage that has to be paid to them on a monthly basis. Okay, okay, because you're, you're sort of buying a ready-made business, so to speak, aren't you? You are in some cases. In in other cases, you have to invest mm-hmm. uh, to actually then start and build your own customer base. So it's okay. n- some of them aren't quite as ready-made as what you think they would be. Okay, so so summary: sole trader or, or someone being self-employed is probably the the, the simplest to set up and close down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, be aware that the company debts are your own pers- uh, your own responsibility. Yeah. Okay. So so what's the next structure to look at? So the next the next one is a partnership. So you know, as it sort of suggests, when you go into business with one or more other people and you've got shared responsibility for that business. Um, it's really important to have a partnership agreement so that everybody within that business knows how how the profits are split, um, what happens if and when someone wants to get out of the business. It also provides a really stru- clear structure within the business. And again, you know, speak to an accountant or a commercial solicitor. Um, they will help you formulate that agreement into a legal document so that you all know what's going on within that business. Okay. And again, are there taxation points for for a business partnership? Well, you've still got responsibility for your own self-assessment tax return and you still pay your own tax and national insurance. Um, But one of the partners within the partnership would have to submit a partnership self-assessment. So so it's kind of, you know, that that partner would have to submit a partnership self-assessment and their personal self-assessment. So there is a bit more paperwork involved. Um, And again, dependent on income, you might have to register for VAT. Um, Just in terms of other things to consider, you're still personally responsible for debts between all of the partners uh, under joint and several 
liability. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is done on more of a what you can afford basis. So okay. again, you probably want to detail that out in mm-hmm. your partnership agreement at the start before you get into any situations uh, where that may um, need to be called on. Okay, just, just going a bit, just maybe think of something actually as you as you were talking. So that the sole trader or partnership, uh, and it, you know, the, there's there's very little difference between the entity between the business. Would you advise, or you know, do, do you would you advise to have, to have separate bank accounts or to have you know, is it advice as against compulsory? Is it is, is the good practice? I mean, I'm sure with a with a partnership, you'd want to try and keep things a little bit, you know, um, separate. If that's a- absolutely, yeah, I th- and also that there is. To bear in mind, um, whilst it, whilst as a sole trader, you know, it, I I would always suggest that you have a separate bank account, mm-hmm. um, have a business bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a lot of um, grant schemes will not pay out to personal um, oh. bank accounts. So so if you're applying for any grants, or you may apply for any grants in the future, and you know, lots of grants come out um, that you know. Uh, businesses and sole traders or partnerships could apply for, you don't want to be rejected on the basis of just not having a business bank Mm -hmm. account. And typically they're asking for a proof of that bank account of being established for over sort of 12 months or something. Okay. So, you know, but it does make life easier if you have separate bank accounts anyway. And I guess a small cost. I mean, I would have thought a business bank account is, you know, tens of pounds a year to run or something of that sort. Yeah, what are they? I don't know. I think... Most of them get twelve months free. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think some of them operate on a on a free basis, free forever basis. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Some okay. of them are like five pounds a month. It's not a massive amount of money, but it, in terms of your um, sort of accounting sanity, yeah, yeah, it'll be well worth okay. it. Okay. Okay. So business partnership, very similar to sole trader you, you, or, or being self-employed, apart from it's a partnership agreement. Uh, there might be a bit more paperwork. You put your own accounts in, you put your, your partnership uh, uh, accounts in. Mm. The debt is still managed. It's still your debt, yeah. you and your partners or partners, and yeah. it can split on what what they can afford. Uh, and that tip again there, that even as a, a sole trader or being self-employed, may, you know, maybe split your finances, maybe make mm. sure you've got something that is just the business account that just has because grants, etc., there may be certain things that require that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Guy Lewis, and you're with myself and Deborah Goodall discussing the different types of business legal structure. Having looked at sole traders, being self-employed and business partnerships, what's the next one to consider? Mm, limited companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But there's two options here. Uh, limited by shares or limited by guarantee. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference? So um, if it's a limited company that's limited by shares, then it's a company that makes a profit. Mm-hmm. And if it's a company that's limited by guarantee, then it's for organisations um, that are not for profit. Mm-hmm. So um, so in both cases, the um, business or organisation is a separate entity to the individuals who run the business. Um, it has, you know, completely separate finances. Um, however, those that are limited by shares have shares and shareholders, and they keep their profits. And those that are limited by guarantee has guarantors um, and a guaranteed amount, and the profits are invested back into the company. Okay. Any examples of them? Yeah. So I, I did have to. Um, try quite hard to find an mm-hmm. example if I'm honest um, but then it occurred to me that places like golf clubs 
mm-hmm. um, are quite often set up um, as limited by guarantee. So they're all about the members um, and all the profits are, are invested back into the golf club or the grounds or whatever it might be. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of thinking as you say that, you think, well, bowling clubs and rugby clubs. Yeah, it all feels the same sort of things, thing. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, not necessarily the big premiership profit-making um, ones, but more the sort of local. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, are there any specific requirements when operating limited companies? There's certain things you have to do. Yeah, so you, you have to set the business up with um, company's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have a business bank account. So whereas it's optional with a slow, sole trader or partnership, mm-hmm. it's mandatory when it's a limited company. Okay. Um, you should use, well, you have to use an accountant um, and your limited company um, has to have shareholders, but you could just have one shareholder okay. as yourself. Um, and the limited company pays dividends to shareholders on profits. Okay. So set up with company house. I guess you've got things like um, um, I don't, filing business filing. So you have to file your accounts with company's house. Uh, there, there may be something to do with the accountant preparing your accounts for audit purposes or some of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Interesting that a business bank account is mandatory, yes. but actually you would say a business bank account is is something you should do whatever you do. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, keep keep your finances for your business separate from your personal. It makes life a lot easier, especially when it comes to filling out a self assessment. Okay, and we've always talked about you know the debts of a business. So if you're a sole trader, you are responsible for the debts. Is that is that different when you've got a, li- a, a, a limited company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, debts within a limited uh, company are not personal debts and therefore do not need to be paid by the directors. So um, any debts is the responsibility of the company and it's it's not passed down. There's no responsibility for each of the individual directors or the one director to pay any any of the debts. Which I suppose makes sense when you've got bigger companies with bigger liabilities and, and, and maybe more loans, et cetera, or the possibility of big bad debts. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so limited company for them. Brilliant, okay. So limited company is a separate business entity. It's separate to the individual. And while it's a bit more complex, company's house, but it's you know, a bit of accountancy, that sort of stuff, maybe a bit more expensive to, to run. Uh, it could have some tax benefits around that, um, around the, the, the payment of, of dividends. Uh, but the, probably the big bit is the debts belong to the business, not the individual. Okay. Um, so what's the last one we're discussing? Um, social enterprises. So um, this is specifically for businesses trading for social and environmental purposes, um, and they must be reinvesting their profits back into the business or the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they might have um, different sort of definitions mm-hmm. under social enterprise. So they can be a limited company a charitable incorporated organization, mm-hmm. a CIO, um, a cooperative, mm-hmm. a community interest company, is the, which is the one that most people sort of mm-hmm. recognize, that CIC or KIC. Um, or you could be a sole trader or business partnership and be a social enterprise. So it, it is all quite confusing. Um, if you are interested in setting up a social enterprise, then it very much get specific advice from your accountant about um, the qualifying criteria and actually how you manage that reinvestment and how you're going to demonstrate that reinvestment into mm. your business or local community. Yeah, I've come across uh, uh, across the country. There's a um, an organisation called Sector Support. Mm. So you find Sector Support. There's one in North East Lincolnshire. I think you might one in Lincolnshire. And that idea, they advise uh, a lot on that sort of social enterprise and and making sure you are compliant with the requirements. So so why would you set up a social enterprise? It's really about a sort of um, 
being able to attract funding as much as anything, to be honest, um, and uh, draw down funds from larger organisations. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, maybe potentially the Arts Council would mm-hmm. be supporting um, a social enterprise rather than providing um, large grants for a limited company, they would be supporting something that's on the ground that's going to impact the community and actually reinvest into the local area. Um, there's also um, uh, taxation benefits for setting up a social enterprise. Okay. Have I got any good examples of a social enterprise? I mean, I was thinking, that for mine, I think around you, around the arts, where you've got people doing things in the community, performance, uh, mass participation events, that type of stuff, maybe. that I don't know. No, I, I, you know, I've, I've had uh, dealings with um, community interest companies previously that have actually been um, website developers, but they've worked only with people in the local community, okay. um, and they've reinvested their um, profits into supporting um, education of. Uh, children in local schools. So, so you know, I, I don't think there's a specific category okay. where you say, oh, you know, what are good examples of these? Lots of things can fit into being a social enterprise. Uh, the, like you say, the obvious ones, sort of the performing arts, mm-hmm. anything anything that's going to be really sort of uh, demonstrating value uh, in the local community. But it, it could be that you could be something else. Okay. Um, again, sort of refer to your accountant. Okay. Okay, so a social enterprise would be better if you're uh, if you're looking for public funded rather than a commercial enterprise and not taking money out for profit, rather ploughing it back into that local community. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you very much for today. Thank you, Guy. You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favourite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.